Hello, and welcome to the ninth episode of the Chaplain's Assistance Mortar Pod, and I am your host, Gary. If this is your first listen, this is the podcast where I discuss what I'm experiencing in my world of G.I. Joe, be it comics, collecting, or even current events relating to G.I. Joe in some way, shape, or form. Also, I've been going through my collection. Sometimes I call it a big mess that needs to be cleaned up. But as I go through it, I take a closer look at something I'm pulling out, and I am a huge fan of G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, so it should be something from my collection I'm reviewing, because if I don't have it, how can I look at it? And if you're listening to this podcast, please feel free to leave a review on your favorite podcatcher or website that you're listening on. We are available on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and other podcatchers and more coming all the time the feedback helps the podcast grow and get better it's all about the algorithm kind of like how we make androids better be it for battle or digging out of collapsed volcanoes but in podcast form and in this episode i'm recording while in orbit now crazy story how i got up here so one of the chaplains tasked me to take this crate of hymnals and load it on an aircraft. So I walk into the hangar, there's two. Hey, listen, he didn't tell me which aircraft, so I was just, well, 50-50 shot, right? So I get on the aircraft, the hatchway locks, and next thing you know, I am feeling intense G-forces. And then a couple minutes later, I'm feeling weightless. It's like, what the heck is up with this? And then I realized what was going on. Now, I'm also stuck in the cargo hold with these little brown fluffy creatures that kind of remind me of my pet monster. Well, at least I found plenty of snacks and water, so I don't care what time it is. If any of us are hungry, we are eating. First order of business is I'm still patiently waiting for issue G.I. Joe 286 from IDW. Last episode, I kind of mentioned that I thought it was coming out in a few days. Well, that was my mistake, because usually when Tom Waltz, the editor of G.I. Joe, publishes preview panels, it's a sign that the book is done and it's getting ready to hit the shelf the following Wednesday. Well, I was wrong. So, still waiting for it. I can't wait. I'm recording this. It's still even not out on this Wednesday, so hopefully soon. Now, in my world of G.I. Joe and in current events, G.I. Joe is entering into the world of role-playing or tabletop gaming. Now, there is a trading card game coming out, also known as a deck builder, and this would be the second time G.I. Joe property is being integrated into that. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how large the local community will be or even how this would be played online. But I did pre-order a deck builder set and hopefully play it. I do like trading card games. I played them a bit in my high school years playing Magic the Gathering. And I'm looking forward to playing another game like that. Um, Video games, I haven't really played any since the Rise of Cobra for PS2 and I didn't even play it that much 
And since then, I don't really have a console, so I never played Operation Blackout. But I do have a smartphone, and I did play War on Cobra, and I played it daily until the last update. They changed the whole way the energy is replenished in the game, completely changed the base structure, and it just messed with my quote-unquote strategy. And it just stopped being fun, so I stopped playing that. So I haven't really been playing any G.I. Joe games. Now, the one I'm really looking forward to, especially because of the current renaissance with Tabletop, is the RPG, the role-playing game for G.I. Joe. What gets me excited about this is with the online community being what it is and the way I know role-playing games are structured. I have played them once or twice in the past. Never, never was a regular gamer. I'm familiar with the structure. I'm a beginner by any stretch of the imagination, so I am looking forward to this. There's going to be some character building, and you know when you build your character, when you roll your stats, and then you have to take your points and assign them to build your character, that is going to be really cool. And one of the things that I'm going to love about this is potentially, you know, kit bashing a figure together. Because what better way than to make your own custom G.I. Joe is to have your own custom G.I. Joe figure. Much like Steel Brigade in the past, but I'm sure it's going to be called Steel Battalion now with the Steel Brigade copyright being used now with Action Force by Voliverse. So here's the thing. So I'm an O-ring guy. So I will make my if I just if I decide to make my own custom avatar out of a figure, it's I'm going to probably take parts from O-ring guys. If I want to use a Steel Brigade helmet, Steel Brigades typically had the straight neck, which only turns left and right. There were Steel Brigade helmets that were used in 2005 on the Anti-Venom Task Force, which actually go over characters' heads. I also know that there are some red lasers that have the helmets that go over heads, like a, like a Duke head, or a Starduster head, or a Steeler head. And you can do either a swivel ball or, you know, a straight, a straight neck. And it's going to totally excite me into, you know, getting me, maybe pushing me into that realm of gaming. And what is more role-playing game anyway than playing with G.I. Joe and G.I. Joe figures? We used to make the rules as kids going along as we played. And now we'll have a little more structure as adults. And we can play even again. And hey, and it's still appropriate to bring a figure with you. In mail calls... Uh, I've been searching a lot of Mercari lately. I just do a general search for G.I. Joe, and it's not as populated as eBay. So a simple search like G.I. Joe lists everything from custom magnets to classified to modern to junk lots, you name it. And I've been looking for some holes, and I just look, I browse, and I look like, oh, this looks neat, that looks neat. The first thing I found was a pair of 2005 Tomax version 5. Now, this is the Tomax that came in the Toys R Us set, where one set came with Tomax and one set came with Zamot. So, the price was reasonable 
for a, an exclusive figure from that era. And it's like, okay, well, it's a pair of figures. They're, the Zamot used the same body as the Tomax. So in my, my logic, I'm like, hey, I'll just get a set of 1985 heads and swap them in. I get to come in. I also got I also went out and I bought some nice Tomax and Zamot heads and had them shipped in. Cause I didn't want to take apart my nice Tomax and Zamot and my rough Tomax and Zamot were really rough. So I got the heads in and I unscrewed it, swapped the heads, and the next thing you know, the 1985 head is way loose in the 2005 body. You know, I was kind of bummed, you know. I was looking for this Sunbow-esque version of Tomax and Zamot. I could f figure out a more executive way to display them, and it was just bummed. I put it down, put it off the side for a few days, maybe a week. It's It's been a few weeks. I'm, again, searching through Mercari, and the next thing you know, Zamot pops up. And it's like, okay, at this day and age, if you see it and it's a reasonable price, or even if it's a little high on the reasonable side, which it was, I was like, okay, boom, I got to get Zamot. Now, mind you, I haven't looked at them online. I haven't really done a lot of research, but I was like, okay, cool. I want the set. And I got Zamot. And a few days later, Zamot comes in. Here's the thing about mid-2000s Hasbro. They look cool in the package. They set the, your expectations of what you're getting. Here it is. I'm going to get the Sunbow look and even the IDW Cobra series look that, you know, really made it, you know, their evil corporate guys. It's like, yes, I'm going to have the pair. I don't need to worry about swapping heads. And I get it. And... Because it's mid-2000s Hasbro, and you think it looks really cool in the package, and then you open the package, or in this case, the box, because it was already loose, you get let down. And I'll tell you why. Where his scar is. Now, these molds have been reused, so the scar line in Zamot's mold has kind of, at least on my figure, it's kind of washed out. It's nowhere near as prominent as it used to be. But that would be okay. You're, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, hey, at least they painted the scar on on Zamot. Well, it's a pink blotch that looks like a Band-Aid over Zamot's scar. I got it, I looked at it, and I was you know, the wind was blown out of my sails. I, I just put it down. It was uh, not, it did not live up to the expectation I, I built up for it inside my head. And, and now it's just another figure in the collection. And while it will look good from a distance, it's not something that will I will ever bring to the forefront in a display. And it's going to go into... A, a container and it's just going to be put off to the side till a day I want to set up a display like that and that's going to be further down the road because I kind of was excited and that's my quick take on the 2005 Crimson Twins from the Toys R Us exclusive line
Alright, so this week we are looking at the Cobra Stellar Stiletto, which makes sense because I'm in orbit, and maybe I'll find a way down using this spacecraft. The Cobra Stellar Stiletto, per the box, can streak through the atmosphere at Mach 20. That is crazy. It has laser guns and deep space missiles to blast the G.I. Joe Defiant Space Complex out of orbit. And that's from the box. Mach 20. 20 times the speed of sound. That's 747 miles per hour times 20. And just rounding it to 750 and 7,500, that's 15,000 miles an hour. That's really fast. I don't know how you get up to 15,000 miles per hour, but I don't know if you can do it in an atmosphere. Maybe the cold vacuum of space. Now I'm looking at this today because I have a few of these and I did go through them uh, not so long ago. And I have a boxed semi-sealed contents. I don't have all the contents. Uh, Stoke Cobra Stellar Stiletto, along with uh, a couple other ones. And this one is a toy that I have a lot of play with from my youth. It makes it easy for me to pick it out. Um, this was one of my few, quote-unquote, aircraft that I used to play with. And it used to do dive bombs and everything, even though, obviously, it's not practical. For 1988, when this came out, and I'm eight years old, this thing was fantastic. It was the right price for me to be able to get my mom to buy it and, you know, and bring it home and put it together and have loads of fun with it. You know, it came with the Star Viper. The Star Viper is a strato viper that has even more surgery to enhance him the electromagnetic shunt implanted in his brain on the right side you know to stimulate him during the high g maneuvers and at 20 times the speed of sound i'm sure those maneuvers had tons and tons and tons and tons of g's now the star viper was molded in black with gold and red painted accents. Typical of gold paint is it's subject to crazy paint rub. And I will even tell you this, my sealed Star Viper, I'll just qualify that. I don't have too many sealed figures, but when I do, it's because they were from my childhood collection. I just wanted to have a sealed example from childhood. That thing has gold paint rub in the bubble. That's how fragile this gold paint is. The red visor, you know, it was very the red paint, very durable. But the gold paint, you know, don't even touch it. It's just crazy. He has this X cross with like a little circle in the center for like you could say it's like a harness latch. You know, he has gold gloves and he has gold down the side of his thighs to his holsters well one holster one knife knife on his left thigh and the gun on the right and he's just a solid pilot the helmet looks good everything ties well together a great pilot figure 
Now, when I was talking about the Night Raven a few weeks ago, the Star Viper didn't come to mind, but actually the Star Viper fits with the Night Raven because it's a similar paint scheme. And also he is an evolution of the Strato Viper. So why wouldn't he be part of the Night Raven program? He came from the Night Raven program. Probably a great choice for the drone, seeing as how he's built to withstand Mach 20. Now, the cool thing is, I don't know if anybody out there in listener land has, has bought the Creating G.I. Joe books or Three and Three Quarter Joe by Dan Klingensmith. In volume three, he actually goes into the Cobra Stellar Stiletto and the Star Viper. And the Star Viper was designed by Dave Dorman. And some of the sketches in there, if you get the book, I highly I recommend this book. If you're a huge fan of G.I. Joe and the nuts and bolts of how it came about, it's definitely a must read. And what I like about the stiletto side, and we're going to get to that now, is it shows all the mock-ups and the sketches of essentially how they built the stellar stiletto. And that's really cool for me. Uh, I get... I really love the technical side of building a toy from design to, you know, in your hands. Now, while Dave Dorman did the design of the Star Viper, it was David Kunitz that did the design of the Stellar Stiletto. The Stellar Stiletto overall design is it is a spaceship. And as part of it being a spaceship, if you're in the cold vacuum of space, by and large, you don't need to worry about aerodynamics. So the first thing you do when you pick up the Stellar Stiletto, you notice this red color. It's black and silver accents with the, you know, the dark gray nose cone and almost black tail fin, the pivoting tail fin and the nozzles. You got the silver hoses for the aft and starboard engines with the same silver being used for the laser gun and the four missiles you notice that there is exposed portions of this ship part of it was because it's in space so it doesn't need to be if it and if you're in space as long as you are launching in space and you're not entering in the atmosphere with this you know it doesn't need to be covered maybe it does but you know it's not you're not worried about atmospheric friction so it's kind of cool that it's open. Now, remember, when I bought this at eight years old, it didn't matter. It was just cool to see the technical side and the detail that was put into these engines. And the front portion was actually, one of his inspirations was the hot rods of, of your, the cars from the 1930s and early 1940s. It was common to leave the engine bay exposed to show off the V8 engine you put into the car. He crammed a lot of tasty details in, and what that does now for me, you know, in retrospect, is it really flips on my creative side of my brain and my model building side of my brain, because these details just are screaming for a little touch-up, and if you go online and you do like a Google image search for Stellar Stiletto Custom, there are some absolutely awesome customs out there. You pop open the canopy, the clear canopy, the character or the Star Viper will kind of lays back and he kind of looks 
you know, because they don't really have the neck articulation to look straight ahead. He's kind of, you know, looking out, you know, semi, you know, reclined. And they put a, there's a decal for a little targeting monitor where the, if you could sit up and look at the instrument gauges, they're molded in. And there's even little needles. If you look really closely, there's little needles in each one of the five dials that are on the right. It's just more little touches like that, which make this toy, which was really not one of the more expensive. It was, it's a small, it's a small ship, fits one figure. There's no pegs for somebody to stand on, which is great for me. I, it's, it adds to it to me, you know, sometimes less is more. It just adds to the realistic effect, but it's also adds for that little custom touches that you want to do. And then you flip it over, right? You flip it over and you look at the belly. There's two essentially, you know, fuel drums on the bottom, part of the same mold. And again, this thing, the more I look at the Stellar Stiletto, ever since I also searched, you know, the pictures and I saw customs, to me, it's just screaming for little touches here and there, especially as we, you know, move more into space commercially you know it's just you seem you're seeing this more and more in the media it's just firing off little things that you just want to touch up here and there because when you flip this over not only do you see these these belly tanks but you also see the bottom of the engine underneath the wings and it's nice it's nice and symmetrical you know the laser gun is nice it has you know one large cannon with you know maybe two small cannons on the side or two sights on the side and it turns you know left and right and you know the four missiles on the wings they look they look fine you got two smaller ones and two larger ones when I was a kid the two smaller ones were bombs because I wasn't I didn't have any space vehicles I just had land sea and air it works it's just as a whole this little this little spacecraft which is part of the whole space mission aspect of G.I. Joe, where G.I. Joe went to in 1987, it works. As part of, for my collection, I have multiple. As I'm going through, I have a couple really nice ones. I have the one that the, bo the contents aren't sealed, it's missing the canopy, but I have the box, and I got it for a literal song years ago. It's part of that, but I also have one or two that are in less than perfect condition that I do, you know, again, my custom size is starting to scratch, you know, the itch is there. I'm still going through the, just the toys in general before I start yet another project, but it's nice to be stimulated and to, to do more stuff with, with this hobby, what G.I. Joe does. Is the Stellar Stiletto something that should be in every collection? I don't think so. I think if you want G.I. Joe Go to Space, you definitely have it. If you take the space stuff out, if in your collection you're like, I am not having a Defiant, you know, and I get it, that thing is huge. Even if you have the Crusader's shuttle, that takes up a fair amount of room. So if you don't have those or you don't have a desire for those in your collection, you probably don't have a desire for the Stellar Stiletto or even an Astro Viper or Targat. But it is on its own, especially when I bring back the childhood sensibilities and the childhood sense of imagination. I love it. 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 
to me, for a budget vehicle, it's a top tier vehicle. The design is a home run. The execution's an absolute home run. Everybody involved deserves a pat on the back. It was one of my favorite toys of my childhood. And as I look at other toys from the G.I. Joe line, it absolutely belongs with them because of the quality of the detailing that it brought to the table in 1988 and from 82 to 94. It's just one of the best. I would be remiss in saying that they didn't reuse the Cobra Stella Stiletto for the G.I. Joe Star Brigade in later in the line and molded in white with a spring-fired gun in the front instead of the little laser cannon. Because it's white, I think white, at least from my model building experience when I used to build uh, model kits, probably lends itself better to painting and custom touches. However, when I decide to finally do a custom one of these things, I'm probably just gonna prime and paint the red one because red is the color of the Stellar Stiletto. And the other thing too is, well, red might be like, hey, red in space, it's kind of going to stand out. And it really doesn't because red, as things get darker, your eye can't perceive the color as well as other colors in the spectrum. And red is one of the primary colors of Cobra, so it belongs absolutely. And that concludes this episode of the Chaplain's Assistance Motor Pod. If you've liked what you've listened to, you can follow me on social media at Chaplain Joe Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can send me an email at IGGaryV at gmail.com. Also, the executives behind Extensive Enterprises would like me to remind you that the Chaplain's Assistance Motor Pod is part of the Pina Comics Extended Family. We might be strange, but we aren't estranged, and you can easily find all of their info on www.pintocomics.com. Now, with all that out of the way, I may have made a mistake with the jalapeno Cheetos found on this rocket ship. Those furry creatures got big and mean, maybe they don't like spicy food, after I fed them, and there's these angry British and Australian zookeepers trying to keep them in line. I'm just going to stay here quietly and avoid all this fuss and just play innocent if I'm discovered. Until next time, this has been the Chaplain's Assistance Porter Pod, where we deliver the Joe missiles to the masses. See ya!